Welcome to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, a podcast where I read some of the best posts from across Reddit and around the web. Each episode is a collection of funny content that includes subjects like tales from tech support, entitled parents, choosing beggars, pro-revenge, and more. Today's episode is all about tales from tech support. Well, hey guys, welcome back to the channel. As usual, I'm a day late, been one of those days, so we're just going to kick our feet up and read some good old tales from tech support. Me and Nickel here. Well, I'll read. He'll sleep. Someone probably lost their job today. This one's pretty short. Just thought it was funny. I logged in this morning before I clocked on to get my stuff set up. I had a couple minutes to kill before I clocked in, so I stepped away for a second thinking, huh, this is going to be an easy day. It was not an easy day, dear readers. When I came back to my desk, our queue had skyrocketed from like 3 holding to 100 plus. A clear sign that something broke. And it broke bad, right before I clocked in, too. So I got on cue. Doctors are angry. Nurses are confused and scared. Cats and dogs living together. Total anarchy. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. I find out that the servers that host the EMR system went down and there wasn't a whole lot we at the desk could do. After about an hour, everything comes back up. And we find out the reason the entire system went down was because a fiber cable in one of the data centers got cut and nearly took half the hospital network down with it. I pity the poor person who was responsible. Yup, you're probably absolutely right. Whoever did that probably lost their job. Although I guess it kind of depends on their instructions that they were given. Uh, <laughs> I've been in some cases where bosses have given some really bad direction and, uh, you know, the workers did exactly what they said and it screwed everything up, but hey, they were following orders, so I don't know. Maybe OP will give us an update. When all you give a person is a hammer, this happened a few years ago and I was recently reminded of it. A customer complains about database errors that are coming up. Don't know what's causing them. Run a few traces, yada yada. Find a single patient that it's all traced back to. Look in the database and find that the patient has thousands of appointments scheduled. Going back a few years and going forward a few months. Up to three to four per day for all that time. They're all scheduled by the same two users. Sometimes only seconds apart. Okay, so probably not a technical issue, but one of a bad workflow good. But why does, one, this patient have so many appointments, and two, this patient caused database errors? Look through the patient table in the database and see that this patient doesn't have a first and last name, date of birth, social security number, address, phone number, anything. What the heck, over? Well, that explains the software throwing database errors when it comes across a patient with no name, etc. We set aside the question of why there's a patient with no data for now. Homework assignment for the customer. Find out why these employees keep scheduling appointments for a patient with no data. Turns out the employees don't have permission to block out appointment slots, so they schedule an appointment. And when they need to enter a patient name, they just leave everything blank and click OK. Lesson, when an employee doesn't have the tools to do their job correctly, they'll use the tools they have to get the job done, no matter the cost to those people behind the curtain. And yes, I realize that the system shouldn't allow appointments to be scheduled for patients without a name, but I didn't code it. They just found the loophole. So this is what I was just saying about the last story. They're given crap to work with, being told to do a certain task. The database doesn't allow them to do that task, but they found a workaround. So there you go. Management strikes again. True power. I had been back at work for one month. The monthly line by line with accounts was my least favorite activity. An accounts lady had come down to my office to walk through the monthly finance figures. I was already bored and we hadn't even started. Me take a seat. I sheepishly gestured over to the office chair. 
It was in a poor state as I had recently lost my office chairs. It was the best replacement I could find. As the accountant sat down, the chair wobbled worryingly. Accountant. Whoa, so wobbly. Me. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Do you want to swap? The accountant giggled slightly and braced herself against the table. She pulled out a laptop and notepad. Accountant. Thank you, but no. If I fall off, you owe me, though. Now let's get down to the fun stuff. <laughs> me. Fun stuff. Sure. She's so transactional, I thought as I opened up the dreaded finance spreadsheet. Lines and lines of expenses. Accountant. First line. Stationary order. 325 yen made on the first of the month by JT. Does that sound about right? Me. Mm-hmm. Yep. The accountant was beaming, tapping away at her computer. I had no idea what she was even doing. Accountant. Great. Did you have any context for it? Me. Uh, supplies for the office? I think it was a box of pens. It was the first item. I was already regretting purchasing anything. Was this finance's true nature? Reduce costs through burden? Accountant. Box of pens. I'll pop that into the notes. Okay, second item. Foodstuffs for office. 3,200 yen. Made on the first of the month by JT again. Me. That was coffee pods. A long time later, I was staring up at the ceiling, awaiting the sweet release of death. The accountant, however, was perky as ever, writing down notes for every item. Accountant. Okay, line 51. Foodstuffs for office. 3,200 yen. Made on the 12th by JT. Me. Yep, that was coffee pods. Accountant. Another box? Wow, you guys really go through coffee pods down here. Comparing to last month, you've tripled. Act natural. Me. Huh. Odd. Accountant. Could you think of any reasons why? I saw an accountant. I saw the accountant glance over to the pile of coffee mugs on my desk I hadn't yet cleaned. Me. Uh. Accountant. Let's just chalk this up to one of life's little mysteries. Okay, I gotta say, that's probably one of the most laid back. I mean, anal retentive, yes, but, you know, that's kind of an accountant's nature. I found that bean counters tend to be a little type A personality, very uh, locked in and rigid, but at the same time, she's kind of chill. I mean, how many other people are going to come in and audit something and say, let's just leave this up to one of life's little mysteries. So, good for her. And good for OP for staying calm. Hopefully that chair stayed together for the whole meeting. Boss, let's just keep this simple. I'm not IT at my job, but I end up handling a bit of IT as our actual IT is in another state. I'm not sure if this completely fits here. At the very least, I thought someone here would understand my frustrations. My boss wants a running list of inbound trucks, of when they're coming and what they're carrying. Gives me the task because I like to play around on the computer. Cool. I make a super simple table on Excel and share it. Now anyone can update it and boss can see the list real time. I go to show the boss. Boss, what about second shift? Me, I can put a shortcut on the computer and all they have to do is put the info in the right box. Boss, let's just keep this simple and just have a paper on a clipboard we fill out. I'm not sure I understand the context in this story. I mean, a database or Excel sheet really isn't that complicated. But, you know, getting everybody to do it because on a computer, if you're not sitting in front of a computer all day, out of sight, out of mind, clipboard hanging on a wall where everybody walks by, maybe in a, you know, common traffic area, that might make a little more sense. I don't know. It just depends on your office setup, I guess. If anybody caught something I didn't in this story, let me know because I'm, I am kind of brain dead today. Don't provide support? Then I'll use a hammer. Inspired by this post, which reminded me of a similar story from a user perspective. I was hired to work a 24-7 manufacturing company. I ran the engineering department and would work long hours. B 
be in on weekends, and answer my phone, except when I muted it when I went to bed. Our IT department was an 8-4 to operation with no after-hours support. Sometimes they would respond to an evening email and remote in, but never come back to the plant. There was no support from the C-level to improve the situation by forcing an after-hours response, or providing more money to IT to hire either on-call support or a second shift. The main production server was very old and would have a soft lock pretty much every day, as it was related to the workload. This usually happened in day shift and IT would fix it. But if on a Friday at 5pm the server would lock up, IT would not fix it. Then production would slow down, but not stop. Production would start writing things down on paper for entering the data later. Be unable to look up which order had priority and certain tests would need to be run by engineering as the automated testing was down. This would impact my metrics. Created upset engineers, which would delay other projects, reduced monthly revenue, created garbage data, and created more scrap. C-Level would see that production never stopped, so viewed the problem as minor. The impact was more severe on production than engineering. But the production manager was more passive and rarely listened to anyway, so it became my problem to deal with. I t-shirted the server room with engineering as it was our storage area, so I had physical access to the servers, but no login access. I found that if the server was unplugged from the UPS and then plugged back in, the server would reboot, reload the database, clear the lock, and allow production and engineering to continue as normal. This would cause all kinds of errors, but the production and engineering side was unaffected, so not my problem. IT asked me to stop doing this, so every time this occurred, I would send an email and ask them to fix it, which they could do remotely. I gave them 30 minutes to respond, even a reply of, we are working on it, before I would reset the server again. They rarely did, so another reboot. Within six months, I ended up moving laterally from engineering to running support services, which included IT. All the IT staff quit as I started publishing internal customer metrics, measuring impact to the business, and told them how that would affect their future performance reviews and salaries. The new IT staff that was hired had no trouble with production support, responding to after-hours emails and general company support. The business impact report was later used to justify a server replacement. Yeah, there's a definite pattern in today's stories where employees really aren't given the proper tools or procedures even to deal with problems as they arise and they kind of got to do what they got to do to keep things moving. It does sound like somebody higher up did listen and, you know, put this guy in charge and he was able to get things somewhat turned around, so that's good. Sometimes all it takes is the tip of a finger. Way back in the olden days, I worked for a while as a supervisor in field service and support for a computer company. We had customers all over the country, and the rule was for a manager or supervisor to visit each customer at least once per year. Anyway, I was visiting one of our more remote customers along with our local tech, S. S was an excellent tech, smart, capable, and customers loved him. He and I got along very well, so the visit was more or less a formality. We were touring the machine room after I had met alone with the customer contact, who only had nice things to say about S. Everything's fine in the machine room, but I noticed one thing. Our systems had a front panel with a couple of switches and various LEDs, and a key switch for the main power. The key could be removed in either the on or off position, and our policy was to leave the key removed to avoid accidental power cycling. Makes sense, right? Anyway, I notice the key is in the switch. S follows my gaze and says, that's not supposed to be there. He reaches down to remove the key, and as his finger barely touches the key, all the LEDs go off. S turns to me with a look of horror. Powering down without first terminating the running processes is a huge deal. The system is handling multiple databases, and this is the old days. The databases are now totally messed up, and a major rescue procedure will have to be performed by the customer, and their system will be offline for several hours. S. 
Uh, I guess we should go tell C they need to start the recovery procedure. Me. Oh, don't worry. They'll be along in a minute. Go ahead and reboot the system so it's ready for them. Seconds later, C walks through the door giving S and me an annoyed look. C wasn't happy, but she was a very cool manager and knew that sometimes stuff happens. S explained, we both apologized, and C went about starting the recovery process. We left C to her work, and since the visit was really done, we headed back to town. S was feeling pretty sheepish. He noted that powering off a live system was bad enough, but doing it right in front of your boss was just too much. I agreed with him, but S and I are friends to this day. I don't know, it sounds to me like that key switch was way too sensitive for some reason. I mean, it sounded like the guy barely flicked it and it turned off completely. Yeah, I'd have to have like one of those plastic flip covers installed over it or something. You know, sometimes you'll have to have the key in it maybe for whatever reason, but I don't know. I just don't trust things like that. Verify power. This is my first post on Reddit. Sorry for any formatting issues. I used to work for a small town ISP in Arkansas as the IT guy in the early 2000s. Most of my day would consist of me trying not to fall asleep at my desk due to boredom, but sometimes I would get interesting requests from my boss. The most interesting of which was to climb 45 feet up a pine tree to install a security camera. Fun times. Well, one day I get a frantic call from the owner's personal assistant saying that the internet for the owner's main house has stopped working. Not good due to it being a T1 line that's converted a couple times between copper and fiber due to distance. So I had to drive three and a half hours one way to his house to fix the issue. I drive up and the PA is losing his mind because the internet is down and the owner is growing very angry. So I make my way to the network cabinet, i.e. coat closet, and immediately see the issue. The power strip they're using for the fiber to copper converter that's feeding the main house is turned off. I kneel down and turn it back on and all the lights come back on and the internet is restored. Turns out someone tossed something in the closet and it must have turned off the power strip. So seven hours of driving for a three minute fix. Okay, now that's just ridiculous. If you're going to convert a coat closet over to a networking closet, whatever, then take coats and anything storage related out of the equation. Put a big sign on the door, maybe even a lock. You know, you can't be walking in and tossing your umbrella in there after a rainstorm or your coat or whatever. It's never a good idea to have storage in the same spot as any sensitive equipment, power switches, anything. Right, Nickel? You don't care. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.